Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is John Gaffney. I'll be your host for this episode that continues our discussion of business payments trends for 2024. Today, the topic is fraud and financial crime. And in case you missed them, let me remind you of two major news stories in this area, both occurring within a day of each other in early November. November 6th, three members of an organized crime gang were convicted of recruiting banking insiders to steal a million pounds from a bank in the UK. The very next day, a former contractor working for a UK bank as a senior market data administrator pleaded guilty to redirecting more than two million pounds in refunds for the bank to his own external account. The bank became suspicious of the employee after a document was found on a printer in his office which appeared to be altered, falsely showing that the employee's business account was part of the bank at which he was employed. These are just two isolated and very recent incidents of insider fraud, which we expect to be the dominant financial crime story of 2024. It's not limited to the UK or any other country for that matter. According to Bottom Line's 2023 business payments barometer, 72% of all respondents and 59% of all Great Britain respondents expressed concern about the increase in insider threats. According to the ACFE's report to the nations from 2022, which covered 2,100 cases of fraud from 133 countries, an average of 5% of revenues lost to fraud every year with an average loss per case of $1.8 million. The average cost of a data breach that begins with an initial malicious insider has spiked to $4.9 million. Very serious issue here. To discuss it and others, uh, we have Bottom Line's Head of Fraud and Financial Crime Solution Consulting, Rude Grotens. With more than 40 years of experience, I'm sorry, with more of 30 years, I'm making you too old, Rude, but (laughs) with more than 30 years of experience, In the field of financial crime and compliance, Ruth Grotens has been called a, quote, model for the fin crime compliance professional of today and a glimpse toward the counter crime fighter of tomorrow. And that quote comes from the Association of Certified Financial Crime Specialists. He has multidisciplinary expertise across a broad range of areas, including anti-money laundering, countering the financing of terrorism, global sanctioning, payment fraud, cybercrime, and more. Welcome, Ruth. Yeah, thanks for having me, John, and thank you for your introduction. I'm really flattered to be called a model. Uh, I'm definitely working on my new uh, superhero costume, something with a cape and a utility belt and with a fin crime twist. Well, that's why we have you. <laughs> we're, we're, hoping, we're hoping you have that. But uh, in all seriousness, this is, a, this is an issue that has uh, become a scourge for banks as well as some other verticals, and we're going to talk about that. But before we look ahead, Rude, let's, let's take a look behind. You work with a lot of banks in this area. Um, I'd like to know if you have any intel about who the employee is, who represents an insider threat, because over the last 12 months, I guess, we've seen different types of fraud and insider threats come to the fore. But what does that employee look like? Yeah, John, in, in, in the past year, uh, banks and businesses have been facing a lot of fraud and insider threats. And these threats are coming in from uh, three main forms. The first threat is um, cyber fraud. This is the kind of fraud where bad actors use tricky techniques like pretending to work to, uh, to be someone else. Think about authorized push payment fraud or WhatsApp, WhatsApp fraud. Or tricking uh, businesses through emails, business email compromise. So this is 
impersonation fraud, where we are seeing that the crooks nowadays make use of more advanced technology, like deep fakes, making it extremely challenging to distinguish between truth and falsehood. And the second threat is payment fraud. Cyber fraud and payment fraud often go together, whether it's authorized or unauthorized. Criminals take over accounts and use real-time payment systems to move uh, stolen money quickly. And then finally, there is insider fraud. Sometimes it's the people within an organization who misuse the position. They might steal money, or steal sensitive data, and maybe collaborating with outside criminals who use the sensitive data to commit uh, cyber fraud. And like in the example you mentioned, where banking insiders colluded with an organized crime group and took uh, one million pound from the uh, uh, customer accounts. I think many of us have seen um, this already in their own organizations. Uh, fraud solutions currently implemented are often siloed. Uh, they break down cyber fraud, payment fraud, or insider fraud. But I think the important thing to understand is that these types of fraud are often not unrelated. As I mentioned, cyber fraud and payment fraud often go together. And insider fraud can give criminals sensitive information that they can use to carry out uh, cyber fraud or, or payment fraud. So, um, yeah, to, to wrap things up, it's clear there's room for improvement in how we approach fraud prevention. Uh, we need to break down the silos between cyber fraud, payment fraud, and internal fraud, and adopt a more holistic approach to understand the full scope of the risks and mitigate them. Very good. Thank you. Well said. So let's look ahead now. In addition to insider threats, what kinds of fraud do you think businesses, banks maybe in particular, are, will contend with over the next 12 months? Yeah, I, I think, uh, John, businesses and banks need to watch out for more advanced deepfakes and uh, AI-powered attacks. Uh, AI technology is getting smarter and the bad guys are getting uh, more creative. They're using AI themselves to come up with better ways to trick people, businesses, uh, banks through uh, deepfakes. And take, for instance, uh, the fact that AI can create super realistic fake audio and video and victims may not be able to tell what they are looking at or listening to. Um, it is fake and they may approve the transactions or provide sensitive data. And another trend is the growth of real-time payments. Real-time payments by itself are already being offered by financial institutions around the world. And these payments are settled in seconds rather than minutes or hours. And I think we can say that real-time payments have become the new norm in payments for consumers as well as businesses. But real-time payments are also attractive to fraudsters because they can trick their victims into sending money to a fraudster's account. This is authorized post-payment fraud. Uh, and then move the stolen money multiple times quickly. And once the victim realizes they have been scammed, it's often too late to recover the funds. And according to the latest report from the UK's payment system regulator, PSR, the challenger banks who are currently enabling the most APP fraud. And from that point of view, I think the urgency for adopting uh, or improving payment fraud defenses that can handle high volumes of transactions in real time, stop fraud in real time, has never been greater. 
Yes, couldn't agree more. Um, so you mentioned AI, Rude, and I've been reading a lot lately about the promise that AI has as a detector within payments networks um, and within large data sets. How effective is AI currently in detecting and preventing financial crime? And how do you see that changing as the technology develops further? Yeah, as you know, John, AI is doing some cool stuff in the fight against financial crime and fraud these days. It, it makes use of historical data to, uh, to train predictive models, which can then spot unusual patterns and signs of new fraud schemes. And many banks use AI to catch fraudulent credit card transaction. And uh, it's, it's only going to get better with time. So AI is powerful, but it's important to remember that AI is not the silver bullet. Let me give you two examples. Um, I've witnessed cases where AI messed up completely and wrongly accused people of fraud due to bias in the predictive models. So addressing bias and model degradation, it, 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 it's crucial and also needs a lot of attention and involvement of financial crime domain experts with the ability to challenge the model's predictions so that steps can be taken uh, to retrain or update the model when necessary. The second point I would like to mention is that AI doesn't always work well with something called flash fraud. Flash fraud schemes are opportunistic, means they are often unpredictable and unexpected. Uh, for example, fraudsters may target uh, specific uh, merchants or industries based on a, on a vulnerability they discovered uh, or exploit new payment channels as they emerge. Well, this makes it challenging to predict when and where flash fraud attacks might occur. So, and as I mentioned, AI models learn from historical data, so they are good at spotting fraud that looks like what they have seen before. But when fraudsters come up with entirely new flash fraud tricks, AI can struggle and the predictive model needs to be trained with new data and that takes time. So um, I like to see AI as just one piece of the puzzle. We should combine it with other methods, even traditional methods like rules, which are more transparent and can be quickly adopted to stop uh, unpredictable flash fraud attacks. But most importantly, Besides the data scientists who develop the predictive model, I think a successful AI project requires collaboration with experienced domain experts who really understand financial crime and who can provide insights and context. That is the best explanation of AI and its promise and its limitations I've heard. Thank you. I've, I, I thought I read everything on that. I haven't. That's good. So. Root, AI being a trend, flash fraud being a trend. I hadn't heard about that one before, but what, what are some of the other threads, trends in the insider threat space that you think will have the biggest impact next year? Yeah, John, I think there are some important trends to keep an eye on um, that will impact both banks and corporates. And the first I would like to cover has been around for a while, but it's still very important to talk about. Remote and hybrid work. Uh, with more people working remotely or in hybrid setups, bad actors have more control over their work environment. So in traditional office settings, uh, suspicious activities such as um, someone working late in a corner of the office while nobody can see what's displayed on the monitor, that might raise concerns among colleagues or supervisors and people would raise a red flag. However, 
um, with the rise of remote work and the use of personal devices, devices it's, it's more difficult to identify such red flags. And this has made it easier for bad insiders to engage in fraudulent activity without being detected. And to answer your question, John, what impact does this have on banks and corporates? Well, they need to rethink their security measures. Behavioral analytics, technologies like application-level monitoring solutions, those can be a great addition to uh, or, or even replace existing security measures in this new way of working. And second trend I've noticed, it's slightly related to the first one, is that insider fraud is getting more and more sophisticated, becoming harder to spot. Often there's a suspicion only without solid evidence. And in my experience, there are a lot of outdated or ineffective systems and controls that are lacking end-to-end -end visibility. Plus many banks and also corporates are not even equipped with the right tools to detect insider fraud effectively. So traditional tools often rely on limited information from log files and it's that lack of evidence that can result in insider fraud uh, being not reported, underreported, or confused with external fraud. And this lack of evidence and visibility is making it difficult for decision makers to fully grasp, grasp the, the scope and magnitude of the problem. And they will start questioning the, the return of investment of insider fraud solutions. Um, but I'm seeing a positive shift in this area, looking at the banks and corporates I'm working with uh, uh, today, uh, who have started insider threat uh, projects and uh, are also investing in more sophisticated insider fraud uh, detection technology. And well, the third trend I would like to mention, John, is insider threat as a service. And to be clear, Insider threat as a service is not a software application, as the name might suggest. But this is a worrisome trend where individuals with insider knowledge offer their expertise to help external fraud rings commit fraud on the map. Think about the example you just gave where banking insiders collude with an organized crime group and took one million pounds from accounts. Well, that is an example of insider threat as a service. So it's not accidental or due to negligence. Insider threat as a service is a calculated and serious financial crime, which is very difficult to spot and to prove. And it's gaining increased recognition within the industry. Okay. So before I get to my next question, um, I want to quote from a report on insider threats from Quadrant Knowledge. Um, their Spark Matrix report recognized bottom line, by the way, as an insider threat management solution as best in class. And here's the quote, organizations can lessen insider risk by adopting an insider risk management solution that can easily identify, detect, and mitigate insider risk in real time before it harms or breaches critical infrastructure. Pretty serious stuff, Rude. So what kind of emerging technologies or methodologies should companies consider for managing insider threats? Yeah, first and above all, thorough uh, employee checks, like how banks do background checks on their customers. KYC, know your customer. Companies uh, should also have solid procedures for checking out their potential new employees. KYE, know your employee. This includes looking into things like criminal records, uh, credit history, uh, verifying their employment and education history. 
And if someone lies about their background, that's a big red flag. So the goal here is to lower the chances of onboarding someone who might pose a threat to the company or to the customers. Secondly, once employees are on board, regularly, regular uh, training, uh, setting clear rules. Uh, so companies should not only invest in teaching their employees about good cybersecurity practices, but alongside that, they should also set up strict rules to discourage insider threats. And this must include a zero tolerance policy and even legal action against employees who do harmful stuff. Uh, that is the deterrence factor. And thirdly, using more advanced technology, not just for stopping and spotting insider fraud, but also for gathering evidence effectively. Because let's not forget that trust is good, but a healthy balance between trust and control won't hurt either. So you can use, for example, application level monitoring tools that uh, watch how sensitive systems are being used. And these tools can spot any unusual or suspicious behavior that might indicate an insider threat. It can provide early stage visual evidence, like a visual storyboard. As you said, John, uh, bottom line's insider threat management solution is recognized as best in class by Spark Matrix. And that's because many traditional solutions can't provide that required level of visual evidence. But it's essential to make it clear that monitoring and, and behavioral analysis isn't about snooping on employees. It's about protecting sensitive applications like your core banking system, your CRM system, or a Salesforce system. So the goal is not to read emails, chat messages, track what websites employees visit, because there are rules and laws about employee privacy that need to be respected. And by doing that, you foster a culture of trust within the organization. So you mentioned a, a, a collaboration here. You, you talked about technology. You also talked about how HR and, and IT can work with the C-suite and maybe even finance, but it needs to be a more holistic effort to detect and defend against insider threats, correct? Absolutely, John. And, and when it comes to insider threats, it's important for different departments to collaborate and work together. First and foremost, sensitive information about employees and, and systems should not be scattered around in emails and team chats. And, and one of the best ways to foster collaboration I've seen in the field is to make use of case management systems. And this is a, a central hub where stakeholders can uh, contribute, organize, prioritize, handle uh, investigation cases. Um, and with assistance of automated workflows, uh, you can ensure that tasks are taken consistently and transparently. And it involves gathering and attaching evidence and of course the writing stuff. Yeah. And the latter is very important because the most important part is about telling the story about what has happened, outlining preventive measures for the future and other necessary actions to be taken by different departments. And as this process progresses, uh, relevant departments like HR, uh, security, IT, CISO, uh, they can join in seamlessly without compromising data privacy or security because each stakeholder uh, only gets to see the information which is relevant and what they need to act on. And with strict 
controls ensuring that only authorized staff members can view sensitive data. So this approach not only enables collaboration and navigates stakeholders through the process, but also provides the necessary documentation and the evidence for legal involvement and law enforcement proceedings. Okay, so I would like to return to that Spark Matrix report if I could for a second. Let me read one more quote from that. Organizations are looking for advanced security solutions to secure data aggregation, account sharing, privileged or sensitive data, access control, and detect unusual employee or third-party behavior. Once again, sounds very serious. My question to you, Rude, do you think there's any trends on the horizon uh, or innovations in development that maybe aren't being taken seriously enough right now? Yeah, I think, or at least I hope, that organizations do take financial crime seriously. Um, but the key is to channel their efforts in the right directions because financial crime is getting more complex. Well, now, looking forward, there are some important things to keep an eye on. And one of them, again, is deep fake technology. It's, it's not just for creating fun videos, also be used to trick people into making authorized push payments as we talked about earlier. And as this technology gets better, we need stronger solutions to spot deep fakes and prevent impersonation fraud. And this must be taken seriously. The next layer in defense is behavioral analytics to identify sudden or um, unusual behavior that is not consistent with an individual's historical behavior pattern. This could be a, a fraud risk indicator of uh, authorized push payment fraud. And of course, most financial institutions have payment fraud systems in place, but many of these systems are unable to process high volumes of payments and prevent fraud in real time. As we know, fraudsters can transfer money to other locations in seconds. So real-time payment fraud systems are essential for preventing fraud losses. So this has to be taken seriously as well. Um, and the next one, I want to illustrate with an example. Um, think about the classical payment uh, fraud scheme of uh, a sudden outgoing wire payment on a dormant account, maybe a very unusual high amount and a new beneficiary involved. These are all the usual red flags to put the payment on hold and report an external fraud incident. Well, sounds good so far. However, if you don't break down the silos, don't take the wider view or a more holistic approach, you might not notice that an employee was querying the system, acting as a kind of researcher to find an interesting victim account. And you probably did also not notice that another employee changed the victim's mobile number and created a new online user by misusing system permissions. And you might have completely missed that someone took over the account with the help of insiders. And instead of analyzing tons of log files for weeks after the fraud loss has occurred <laughs> in an attempt to find out what happened and what we missed, we should aim to provide early evidence, helps to respond quickly, stop the threat in its tracks and prevent more harm. And this example really shows why it's super important to be able to get a higher level picture and to connect the dots to uncover collusion, especially when it comes to collusion between insiders and external bad actors, insider threat as a service, as I mentioned earlier. 
calculated and serious form of financial uh, crime. And I keep saying it, John, um, fraud is a predicate offense, meaning fraud is often part of a much larger crime. Where there is fraud, internal or external, we know that the next step is money laundering or terrorist financing. And I know in many non-financial organizations, um, fraud loss is often seen as the cost of doing business and not handled as a financial crime. Reporting internal or external fraud to law enforcement or regulator is of the utmost importance. Ethically, financially, often a legal obligation. It's the right thing to do. That, that, at the very least. So what you're describing here is a combination of technology, strategy, and enterprise case management, correct? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, um, in short, <laughs> the summary of what we talked about today. No, and, 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 you, and you did a great job of, of getting to the underlying issues there, which I think will be very helpful to our audience. So that it, that is a wrap for this episode on 2024 Trends in Insider Threat Management. My guest has been Bottom Line's Head of Solution Consulting, Rude Grotens. Thanks for joining us, Rude. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. Always. And uh, please catch us next time wherever you get your podcast from. That's Spotify, Apple, or SoundCloud. Thanks for joining us. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.